Oh, hi, y'all. Welcome to Nikki's World, where my podcast show will give you viewpoints and insight that others will not give. I'll talk about like what's current, what's on the news, what is out there. And I will always cite sources and I always cite facts and news links so y'all know what I'm actually talking about. I give you my viewpoints and opinions. And if you want to hear what I have to say, what what's on my mind and all that, I let y'all into my world and let y'all hear and listen to what I'm thinking and what's going through my mind. So if you love stuff like that, tune into Nikki's World twice a week where you'll get two, three podcast episodes a week on what I talk about and what's on my mind. So thanks for listening and let's get on with the show, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, y'all? Let's do this. Today, guys, I want to talk to you about a couple stories that come from my home state of Connecticut. And one of them, I, we really got to talk about this one. And this this involves some Naugatuck, Connecticut police officer, all right? And I got so much more. But before we go any further, guys, if you guys love Nikki's World so much, seriously, y'all, seriously, can y'all please consider donating a cup of coffee for me? Because for a price of a cup of coffee at Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, and Cumberland Farms, guys, you guys help keep this podcast show alive. You guys help me curate more stories, more topics like this to talk about. I do accept Bitcoin donations. I am on Locals, guys, if you guys want to support and sponsor Nikki's World. If you guys love Nikki's World so much, seriously, guys, please hit that like, subscribe, please give me a review, 
good, bad, and the ugly. Also, guys, I do have affiliate links, including my ID, which is the medical alert bracelet that I have on my wrist right now. So if you guys want like the, the same medical bracelet that I have, you guys can shop on my myid.com. The link's in the description below. And before we get the show on the road, guys, if you guys love this episode and any of my other episodes on Nikki's World, seriously, can you all please consider sharing this across all the social media platforms that are out there today? Ooh, wow, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a lot of formalities. That is, ladies and gentlemen, that is, that is, guys. That is, okay? I want to talk about this, guys. This this came up on on the Hartford Current, NBC, Connecticut, and it was talked about a lot today on WTIC AM 1080, the news talk radio. Okay, especially the Tom Shattuck show. Okay, I want to talk about this story about how a, a CT cop who tased a suspect three times, as three times as a man begged him to stop, charged with cruelty. Basically, guys, this cop that this cop in Naugatuck, Connecticut, that has a history of of disciplinary issues. If you're tasing this a suspect three times, you should. If if I were the police chief, I'd have the state police walk in and have him arrested in less than two seconds, because that becomes a state issue now. Okay, because to tase a guy three times and it was all caught on body cam footage. My gosh. I mean, my God, man. What was this cop thinking? Tasing a guy three times? When you already had him on the ground? Tasing him once is good enough? But two, three? Luckily, guys, I live in the state of Connecticut. We have an accountability system called the Office of Inspector General, which investigates like police shootings, police brutalities, anything that involves with a police officer. Say like if a suspect died at the hands of a police officer, the, the investigation doesn't stay with the local PD. It elevates it to, say, the state police and to the Office of Inspector General which is within the chief state's attorney's office. So the chief state's attorney and his or her designated like assistant or, or state attorney, they investigate crimes like what happened in Naugatuck, okay? We have that in Connecticut. So anytime a police officer is involved in a shooting, like in... In a violent incident or in an incident like the one in Naugatuck, it gets elevated to the to the state level. So they investigate it and looking at the criminal charges this cop is facing, my God. He had 
this officer, Nicholas Kihos, a 13-year veteran of the Naugatuck Police Department, turned himself in to Connecticut State Police Troop A in South Bury on Monday on an active arrest warrant, according to state police. He was charged with third-degree assault and cruelty to a person. I'm not surprised, ladies and gentlemen, if this if if this was handed to like the federal courthouse in New Haven or Bridgeport or Hartford, that he that if if it went to at the federal level, he'd be charged with violating his civil rights. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. The feds aren't jumping in on this investigation and saying, "Do you want to charge him with civil rights violations?" I'm not surprised. But the fact that this cop tased the guy on October 14 three times. Dude, what were you? F- I, if, I, if, I, if I saw that, I would have said like this. What the fuck was he thinking? Okay. I mean, seriously. Yes, a taser is a less than lethal device. But it can also kill someone. There have been cases out there. And and I'm not going to go through them all. You can all Google it. Where a taser has killed someone. Okay. This is why there should have been like less lethal options. Like say a beanbag shotgun. Or a pepper ball gun. But since since this suspect that he was trying to arrest was not armed. He could have at least hit him, hit him with a with a pepper ball gun. Yeah, he could have hit him with a pepper ball gun, and he would he would have been down on the ground, handcuffed, tossed into the car, and tossed into the station, and dealt with. But to tase a guy fucking three times. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. This cop needs to... This cop needs a psychiatric evaluation. If I were the police chief, if I... And and Chief C. Colin McAllister, what he should do is order a psych eval. If they... If... If they, like... If they, like, clear him of all the charges, he should order a psych eval. And if I were the Connecticut State Police, which license police officers in Connecticut, okay, I would strip him of his post-certification. And in Connecticut, guys, you have this thing called Police Officer Standard Training Certification, which is called POST. So all, all, the, officers, all the police officers in Connecticut are post-certified, okay? So if I were the committee... That runs post. Drop his certification in less than two seconds. <laughs> Tell him like this. Hand your card to me. <laughs> You're done. See you. Have a nice day. Yep. <laughs> and and you got to remember. The, the troopers that arrest him. Were from Troop A in Southbury. Including the state police. Western District Major Crime Squad. Yeah. Basically, it's like this, because what happened was the, the suspect that he, he arrested is black. They take this case up to the state level. It doesn't stay at the town level anymore. 
So the state police takes over the investigation. They they do all their work. The detectives from the Connecticut State Police and from the from the Connecticut State Police Western District Major Crime Squad, they did all the investigation along with the Office of Inspector General. And now this guy's facing now the guy, this guy is facing charges and he is released on bond with fifty thousand dollars and is scheduled to appear in Waterbury Superior Court on November eight. So basically, this guy's career is over with. A thirteen year veteran, he should have known better. He shouldn't he should have said, nah, we're just gonna play smart. If if we can't get him, let's play smart. We'll get him next time. Is that simple? We know where it was like. We know where he lives. We can apply for a warrant, and and then get and then get a get a warrant from the courthouse and say yes. There's an active warrant for, it. and any officer in the state gets him, they'll get him on a warrant. It's that simple. The fact that this cop tased a guy three times, and he was. Begging for him to stop. I'm like. Yeah. But I'm going to say like this. They're probably. In in, in, in the end. They're going to mitigate this case down. Because the reason why they're going to mitigate it. Is that. He's going to. He's going to. He, he's going to get a lawyer. He'll lawyer up. And they'll say like this. They'll say like this to the state, to to the prosecutor, or not the not the prosecutor, or to the chief state's attorney, and say, "In lieu of me suing this police department, let's mitigate the case down. Let's mitigate it to, let's say what, two years in in jail. That's it. Two years in jail. He signs a letter saying he will not sue the police department in in return for." Mitigating the case. More likely that'll happen. But the fact that he used a taser three times. That just means excessive force. That just means that just means that was excessive. That was like that was borderline torture right there. And and to me. I'm surprised the Connecticut State Police didn't charge this officer with torture. I'm surprised. If you can't control a guy, you got bigger issues, in my opinion. You got bigger issues than the suspect. But the fact of the matter is that this was shown on video, and you can even see the video on Nogatuck PD's website, okay, on their YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, tells me either this cop wasn't thinking straight, wasn't following the rules, wasn't following what he was taught at the academy, or that he got too trigger happy, he got too excited, and he basically took it out on him. Yeah, to take it's like yeah. This is why I tell people like this. 
what separates law enforcement in New England versus outside of New England is that in New England, our officers are held to a higher standard. Our, our police officers are, they know from day one at the academy, you fuck up. It ain't, not only is the commanding officer, the, the, the police department or the state police coming after you, you got the you got the the attorney general or the chief state state's attorney coming after your ass, and it's and if they're coming after your ass, your career's over. You'll never you'll never work in law enforcement ever again. <laughs> maybe outside of New England, maybe, but in New England, you'll never. It'll be like no way we can't. You you. You're too dirty to work in New England. Gone. Yeah, pretty much. But the fact of the matter is that he tased this guy three times. Shit. And then this is like the and then this is like that story in Minnesota where you got that one cop who's now doing time in prison for killing a suspect. Because she didn't know where her gun and taser was and couldn't tell the difference. <sighs> I, th- I think like this, ladies and gentlemen. I think like this. Yes, I do believe our officers should be armed, okay? But then at the same time, guys, police officers should every month go through monthly training like police like EMS and fire departments do it's like in our in EMS and fire we have to go through monthly trainings all the time same thing should be with police departments i think this is this is why i think like this police departments should have should be required by law every month to hold monthly training sessions that means if depending on the shift they have to be required. The chief has to certify that they have done monthly trainings on all the topics that, say, the state police says, hey, this is what you need to cover. This is what you need to talk about in your training sessions. Should be required. Should be. Should be. But <laughs> but. Uh, but to tase a guy three times, and I saw the video, guys, I'm like, dude, he wasn't he wasn't armed, first of all. Tasing a guy would be like, yeah, you know? Instead, they could have deployed the canine. Canine could have got him down. You could have gone to the hospital, would have been fine. But to tase this guy three times, I bet you bet you they had to call EMS over and and be like, dude, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Even the state's attorney, Maureen Platt, that then reviewed the footage and made the decision to immediately refer to the Connecticut State Police for criminal investigation, both criminal Investigation and internal affairs investigation are ongoing. Yeah. Basically, 
this is this is this is this raises the question of like standard use of force. I know in I know like this in military law enforcement MPs. They are bound by like what use levels of use of force. They are bound by that. So they have to know, like for example, they have to know what levels of use of force they are allowed to use. They have to. Okay? They ha- they're trained on that. MPs, military police, they're like, I'll give you an example for the army. They're trained. They're trained at Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. Okay? That's their MP school. For the Air Force, it's at Lackland Air Force Base. For the Coast Guard, it is at like Charleston, South Carolina. And I don't know where the Navy Marine Corps does theirs, but we they're they're taught that. I don't know why they don't teach that in in civilian law enforcement. Maybe they should. Maybe they should. But to me, guys, this is why. This is why after seeing video like this and seeing the whole footage, this is why I'm glad in Connecticut that the state attorney. The Connecticut State Police and the Office of Inspector General all agree this cop needs to go. This cop needs to go. <laughs> he needs to go. <laughs> he needs to face criminal charges and he needs to be in court. <laughs> he needs to be in court facing those charges. I'm glad. But he's, But one thing I want to ask, he should be facing civil rights charges as well, too. I'm wondering, and this is this is my question. Has the NAACP raised a civil rights issue on this one? My hands up, just asking. Has here have they have they raised that issue? Just asking, man. Just asking, because it looks like they didn't. But yeah. But the thing is, the suspect didn't file a complaint. But because it was on video, the video filed a complaint on behalf of the suspect. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much, guys. But anyway, I want to talk about like this, this other story out of Willimantic where I used to go to school at Eastern Connecticut State University. Okay. This is an example, guys, okay? There's a registered sex offender, okay? Is a suspect in the murder of a visiting nurse in Willimantic, all right? And this is this coming from NBC Connecticut. My question is, guys, my, my question, how the fuck did this sex offender get out of, get out of, get out of jail early? I want to know. I, I basically want to know, ladies and gentlemen, how the fuck do you let a convicted sex offender who is who who's on record 
with the Department of Corrections saying that he is he has a propensity for violence and you decide to let him out early to a halfway house and now he's a suspect in a murder of a visiting nurse? I'm like I'm like, this This goes to the larger extent of Connecticut being so soft on crime that it fucking makes my head spin. It is. Can, I'm going to say this, ladies and gentlemen. Progressive Democrats of Connecticut are like the softcore porn version of Democrats. The hardcore ones are the ones in like what? California and New York who are so soft on crime it's not even it is not even funny anymore. I I kid you not, ladies and gentlemen. I kid you not. The progressive Democrats of Connecticut, okay? They are so soft on crime that basically they let people out with with a propensity for violence, and they think that they're re- rehabilitated. You wonder why, ladies and gentlemen, why our jails, why our prisons are emptied and closed? Because Connecticut has gone so soft on crime. That now you got a dead visiting nurse. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, we shouldn't have, we should not have closed down our prisons. We should have been a little smarter on this. We should have been a little smarter and said, the only people who are gonna be released are the ones who are who, who are who are convicted of like. Simple drug possession, or going to be released to halfway houses, or or transitional living, are those who are convicted of, say, like possession of, like marijuana or possession of crack cocaine or, or any other drug. Any, any anything convicted of like a violent felony like that. That should have been made ineligible immediately. They would have had to stay in prison and do their time like everyone else. But to me, this raises the concern of who is deciding when these people are getting released into, into halfway houses or transitional centers. Who, ladies and gentlemen, who? I want to know. I really do, guys. I really do. Because for me, this person, this person who has a history of violence should have never been released to a halfway house. Should have been, should should the state should have said, nah, we're, we're denying your release. And instead, you're going back. You're, you're staying back in jail. And you're doing your time like everyone else. Yeah, it is. It really is. 
But what concerns me, guys, is that there are, there's probably more people like this who are released from the Connecticut Department of Corrections. And some of them could have violent tendencies that haven't been treated by the state. I, I wonder. I wonder, guys. The guy, the guy right now, guys, he's, he's sitting at a prison right now. He's currently at a prison, okay? He is currently waiting, you know? Yeah. He is. Mm Mm-hmm. But the sad fact is, guys, it's a state systematic failure of going soft on crime. And going soft on the inmates. It is. It's a systematic failure. It is. And then you wonder why. You wonder why. You got victims like that visiting nurse. And I wonder. Progressive Democrats of Connecticut. How many more victims is it going to take. For you to finally fucking wake up. And smell the goddamn motherfucking coffee. How many more times. Before. Before a brick gets thrown in your face. And then you realize, oh shit, what a mistake we've done. Yeah, we should have we never done this. How many more times? How many? <coughs> How many? How many? Because I'm telling you, man, this guy, this guy now is probably going to be facing like murder and probably what sentenced to life without yeah pretty much guys pretty much it's a sad state in our in in the progressive liberal democrat state of Connecticut okay it is guys it is before we move on I want to talk about this story this popped up in CT Mirror, okay? And CT Mirror, guys, is the state's version of Politico. It's the leftist news outlet. And I read it for a couple of reasons. is to get insight and is to get intel on what the progressive Democrats of Connecticut are doing, Okay. I tr- I get I get intelligence from the other side that way, okay. So, in, in Connecticut, you have progressive Democrats who are pushing to like back Gavin Newsom, you know, the California governor who wants to run for president. His proposal for twenty eighth amendment, which would mean that. You would ban all guns, essentially a violation of the Second Amendment, okay? It's a clear, a clear violation of it, okay? These two people who wrote this, okay? One of them is a registered nurse. Two of them are, are registered nurses, and both of them are getting their DNPs, okay? Now, my question is... Do these progressive, do these progressive liberal Democrat nurses 
live in a city? Do they live in the cities like, say, New Haven, Hartford, Bridgeport, Waterbury, okay, where, the, where crime is always high over there? Do they live in those? Because do they, do, 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 do they think that, oh, oh, you don't need a gun to protect yourself? I'm telling you, these progressive Democrats who want to strip away your constitutional right to defend yourself are basically the same women who want to who want to strip away women's right to defend themselves. Pretty much, guys. Pretty much. But this, but here's the reality of it: Gavin Newsom's proposal for a Twenty Eighth Amendment on on. Stripping away your right to self-defense will never pass because here's the thing. Gavin Newsom and the Democrats do not have two thirds of the United States to back them. Okay, they don't have two thirds, which essentially means. Like this, in order to change the United States Constitution. You need two-thirds of the United States to back you. And it has to be ratified and approved in all 50 states by all 50 states' legislators. They have to approve it. And essentially, if they don't, if he, if he doesn't get two-thirds, which is 33 out of 50, there's, he, 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 it'll never pass. It'll never pass the Constitution, okay? It'll never pass muster, and which means it'll 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 die quicker than than Hillary Clinton's informants. So the sad fact is is that you have these these nurses who wanna who wanna like propose a Twenty Eighth Amendment that California is doing. Or California, or Gavin Newsom wants, okay, where like he, where he wants to put like an excise tax on manufacturers of guns and ammo, and he wants to ban guns, which basically it ain't gonna happen. And the fact of the matter is, this is a prime example of liberal Democrats, whether. The extreme, moderate, or progressive, they live in a fantasy bubble, and and it seems like reality needs to go like this, bust their bubble and say, no, that's not how it works in the real world, ladies and gentlemen. That's not how it works. It, It doesn't work like that, folks. It does not work like that. The problem it the problem the problem with that is that what these what these nurses don't understand is that you don't have two thirds of the United States to back you up. Democrats don't even have two thirds to get what they want. And that's the beauty of our constitution. That's the beauty. That's the beauty of what our framers had in mind. That's the beauty of it. Because our framers have said that like this. 
if you want to if you want to impose that on on this country, you got to get the states to back you up. You got to. Same thing with the electoral college. To become president of the United States, you need to get 270 electoral votes. And and Democrats want to get rid of the electoral college because you know what happens if you get rid of the electoral college? Only the major state, only the major big states like what California, Texas, Florida, Pennsylvania, New York, only five states get to decide who gets to be president. So you know what? This is why the electoral that's why I like about the electoral college. Cause you have to you have to like get the small states. It's not just the big states, the small states to back you. And if you get the magic 270, you win the presidency. You you really do. You really do. And if you get the 270 votes, you become president of the United States. That is the magic number. But that's why these two nursing students who said they wanted that they're supporting a 28th Amendment. I'm opposing the 28th Amendment. Whatever they're supporting, I'm opposing right off the rip. I, I am... I am like opposing the 28th Amendment and I will oppose it to the very end. I seriously will, guys. I seriously will. Anyway, we got to talk about Joe Biden and his stupid, dumb fucking Bidenomics. Because seriously, man, you know how bad... You know how bad it is in 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 Joe Biden's imaginary like 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 imaginary fairy tale of all oh, the economy is doing great and all this. You want to know you want to know how bad it is, ladies and gentlemen. When you got McDonald's increasing their prices, okay? Yep. I would say like this in Joe Biden's America. A Big Mac value meal will run you $18 now. That's right, yeah. That iconic burger fry soda combo, once a staple for Americans and of every social economic stripe, now costs almost 20 smackers in some spots. Yep, those price hikes are, are the result of Joe Biden's incompetent policies. That are basically blowing up in his faces. And liberal Democrats are going, oh, that's nothing. That's nothing. That's that's the prices you pay. I go like this. Whatever drugs you're on. <laughs> yeah, you know. That's why. That's why Joe Biden's America now. I'm telling you. You have to work two jobs, two, two or three jobs, just to, just to, just to stay within the probably what the working class or the middle class. Yeah, just about you just just about need what two three jobs just to stay afloat. Yeah, 
Binomics is destroying the economy, guys. Yep. And if McDonald's has to raise their prices, that just means, guys, that just means, guys, the Binomics is a failed economic disaster for this country. And I'm telling you right now, it is as bad as Ford and Carter's economic policy. Okay, quite frankly, guys, and I'm going to just say this on, on the show here. I think like this. Joe Biden is Jimmy Carter 2.0. He pretty much is, guys. He is pretty much Jimmy Carter 2.0. If you don't know what happened during Jimmy Carter's presidency, I suggest you guys look it up. You have Google you have every search engine out there. Just just search Jimmy Carter's economic policies and see how that matches up with today's. Because I'm telling you, man, Jimmy Carter's economic policies and Gerald Ford's economic policies mirror today's policies. It really does, guys. It mirrors. It mirrors today's policies. And right now. People can't afford people can't afford to buy a home under under Joe Biden's America. People can't afford to buy a car, okay? And you know the funny thing is the left keeps pushing people to buy electric cars. People can't afford that too. Under under Joe Biden's Joe Biden's America and and under Joe Biden's Binomics policy. So how is it that the left's going to say, well, you need to buy an electric car. You need to buy an electric car. You need to buy, you need to buy electric. You need to buy electric. How can they justify buying electric when under Bidenomics, they can't afford anything? The prices are so high, they can't afford it. Inflation is like, we're about to be on the level of Argentina where hyperinflation is so bad that the American dollar is worthless. And we're about to go back to what? The gold and silver days? I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, man. Yeah. Inflation is basically, you know, gonna nip, gonna, gonna like destroy this country before all said and done. And my hope is, guys, is that we either get a Trump or a Kennedy in the White House. For me, I prefer Kennedy over Trump because. Even I, even though I like Trump, but he's just too. He's like a he's like a hot potato. He's like a political hot potato, and it's like I go like this. Trump is good as a foreign policy president, but we need an economic president. Yeah, we need an economic president, and Kennedy fits the bill as an economic president. But Trump fits the bill as a foreign policy president. 
So it's a, it's a tough choice. But if but if the election were held today, I'd probably vote. I definitely would vote Kennedy over Trump. I definitely would. I I would in a heartbeat. You know what I mean? I would. Okay. One thing I want to talk about this, and this this came this came from Tim Tim Cass. This article from the Free Press for the free people, and I want and I'm going to cite this: the Great Betrayal. It seems like now, now the left is getting a taste of their own medicine. They are getting a taste. Of being canceled. They're getting a taste. Of being. Like. Deplatformed. They're getting a taste of their own medicine. Because for a long time. For a while. The left loves to cancel everyone. They love to gaslight. The living fuck out of everyone. And y'all know what gaslighting is. Right guys. Lie. Lie often. Lie confidently. And isolate those who know the truth. They love to do that. Trust me, I've been a victim of gaslighting. And probably sooner or later, the truth is going to come out. And they're going to be like, ooh, yeah. But I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, man. The left is getting a taste of their own medicine. They are getting a taste of being canceled. They are getting a taste of... Of being deplatformed and basically like getting fired from jobs, getting job offers rescinded, you know what I mean? They're getting a taste of it because they did it to conservatives and they thought that, oh, it's not gonna happen to us. Oh, it's not gonna happen to us. Oh well, what happened in uh in, in Gaza now? The left being so pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas. Now they're getting a taste of their own medicine, getting canceled, getting deplatformed and all that. Yeah, they're getting a taste of it. And now after what happened to Israel on October 7th, ooh, the, the people who are cheering for pro-Hamas and pro-Palestinian, oof, they are getting a taste of their own, own, own medicine. Karma is hitting them like no tomorrow. Yeah. Because you know why? Back in a group that wants to commit genocide on another group, it's not a winning strategy to go here. And... It seems like the was like the the woke generation hasn't grown a brain cell yet. It hasn't. It hasn't. And now you got people who are starting to turn on each other because they because I tell you this. You you already the left canceled so many conservatives, libertarians, and freedom loving people that now they're turning on themselves. And I sit there with my drink like this, and I'm and I'm going like this. Anybody bring the popcorn? Cause this is gonna be a long fight, and I wanna 
and I'm gonna need I'm gonna need more drinks to to see this fight because I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you, man, the left is getting a taste of their own medicine, and they and they're finding out that siding with terrorists and siding with those who want to commit genocide on Jewish people. Y'all getting canceled. Y'all getting deplatformed. Y'all getting job offers rescinded. Y'all getting fired from your jobs. Y'all getting a taste of your own medicine. Pretty much, guys. They they are finding out the hard way. And I'm, and this article popped up, okay? From the red state. Free speech is not a get-out-of-jail-free card for terrorist sympathizers. Okay? I'll read you the gist of the headline. The ongoing Israel-Hamas war has led to many progressives having their first experience with holding unpopular views and not being protected by the government or the prevailing secular culture. Leftists who who have held opinions based on progressive orthodoxy their entire lives are now are discovering that speaking out in favor of Hamas's terrorism can have actual consequences. These people for a long time who have loved to cancel anyone who didn't agree with their orthodoxy, okay? I myself have been a victim of, of like, gaslighting, doxing, harassing, threatening, intimidating, and basically being ran out of Twitter, which, you know, I will never go back to that shitty platform ever again, Okay? Now they're getting their taste of their own medicine. They're getting their they're getting a taste of their own medicine. And I sit there and I go like this. Karma's a fucking bitch now, asshole. Yeah, they're getting a taste of their own medicine. Yeah. Yeah. It's like now. Now the people who who are who are pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas, they're getting fired. They're getting canceled. Their job offers that they thought they were going to have come graduation from college, kiss that goodbye. It's going out the window. It's fucking gone. Yeah. And, and people who work, who are, who are siding with Hamas and... And Palestinians, they're getting fired. I'm like, bravo. Thank you, karma. Thank you, karma. Good job, karma. They are. They are. And then you and then now you can add law school students having offers of employment withdrawn. And the, yep. And then the head of the asylum applications at the Department of Homeland Security placed on leave and under investigation. Mm-hmm. And then just recently, Elite Models dropped a, a model because she posted pro, pro, pro Hamas and uh, pro terror and was anti Semitic. She getting let go? I'm telling you. Cancel culture comes. You know what they say? The chickens have come home to roost. 
ladies and gentlemen. And the left is getting a taste of their own medicine. They are finally getting what is coming to them. I've been saying it for a long time. I've been saying it forever. You know what I mean? The left right now is finally getting what they deserve. And now and now they're having a hissy fit. They're crying, having a temper tantrum like a fucking five-year-old. And because they, they can't get their way anymore. They're not protected by what secular culture or the government that they're getting their own they they're they're getting a taste of their own medicine and they're crying like like bitches like the soy bitches that they are yeah they are they're finally getting it yeah mm-hmm they they are finally getting a taste of their own medicine Mm-hmm. Even and then like this. The and I'll read you this these two paragraphs. The Libertarian Leaning Free Speech Organization, the foundation for individual rights and rights and expression, has been among handful of organizations to speak out directly on behalf of people targeted by recent crackdowns. True threats, incitements, or to imminent unlawful action harassment are not protected. The organization said in a recent statement, but the recent calls to punish speech about the Israeli-Hamas conflict extend well beyond expression that falls into those narrow categories. The effort to introduce ideological tests, which by nature tend to be highly open to interpretation when it comes to political issues, represents a dark portent for the future of the speech generally in the U.S., whereas... Many have noted that the private sector functions as a de facto censor by threatening individuals with financial ruin over their political views. The growing push to enact more stringent legal bureaucratic barrier free barrier, bureaucratic barriers to free expression represent the culmination of what liberal free speech advocates have long feared. Mm-hmm. Basically, the left. Basically, this is what's happening. First, the, the, the terrorist-loving liberals, okay? The terrorist-loving liberals who are trying to appropriate the term cancel culture and trying to, trying to latch on to Hamas, pro-Palestinian. They're getting it. They're finding out the real world doesn't tolerate that shit. They, you can have your few free opinions and all this shit, but when it comes to Jewish people, like genocide and all that, that's when they draw the fucking line and they say, you, you side with that, we don't want you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. And then I'll read you this other paragraph that, that, that coincides with what I was going to say. The second thing is, the second thing they are trying to do is change free speech to cover advocacy of genocide. First, free speech applies to government interference with your right to speak out. It doesn't mean that you can't suffer consequences for doing so. People who spoke out against homosexual marriage in California were subjected to doxing and losing their jobs. That was the price paid for defending Western civilization. So defending terrorism should 
also have a price. Mm-hmm. So basically it's like this. The people who who who's, who say they support Hamas and, and pro-Palestinians, they say their speech should be protected. No. You, you support terrorism? You support Jewish genocide? You should not be supported. You should be you should be like canceled, deplatformed, and never given a job. It's that simple. It's that simple. But I'm telling you, these people are finally getting a taste of their own medicine. They they are they're getting a taste. They are. They are. And and then this other article in the Red State, I'm gonna post these all these articles up. Cancel culture finally comes for the left, and I can't stop laughing. I can't either, man. Every fucking sim- single day, I see on Instagram, I see on all my alternative social media sites that show the left getting a taste of their own fucking medicine. I see it every day. The left wanted to live in these these new rules, and they and they and they wanted to make everybody live by these new rules. But now they're getting the taste of their own medicine. Now that's now now the tables have turned on them. Now they're crying, having this. No, leftists, you wanted to make everybody live by the rules. You live them too. It's that simple. It is that simple. You know what I mean? But I tell you this. If you support Hamas and you're pro-Palestinian, you should be fired from your job. You should be canceled. You should be deplatformed off every social media platform there is in this country. You should face the same thing that has happened to conservatives, to freedom-loving folks, folks who stand, stood up for Western civilization, who got doxxed, canceled, who got fired, who got job offers rescinded, you know? You should you should face the same thing. But you know what? I go like this. I go like this. You want the left wants to support the the group that brutally massacred people at a music festival in Israel. <laughs> and and you want to say that you want you want that speech, you want what you say to be protected speech? No. No, dude. No, dude. No, dude, doesn't work like that, dude. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't. But I'm telling you this right now. <laughs> I can't stop laughing whenever I see when I see a leftist showing their true colors, showing their true hatred, showing their true bigotry. I can't stop laughing when they when they like gaslight us. And when they accuse us of the things that they're doing, I can't stop laughing at these people. I mock and laugh the living daylight so badly that basically I nearly laugh, laugh and pee into my diaper, man. But 
I go like this, ladies and gentlemen. These people finally get a taste of their own medicine. These people have finally get what's coming to them. They finally got their their dessert. They finally got their just reward. And they finally got what was coming to them. Because they always wanted to cancel conservatives, freedom-loving people, those who defended Western values, Western civilization, like men can't be in women's sports, men will never be women. The left is finally getting a taste of their own medicine because they're supporting, like, a terrorist group and basically supporting, like, a Palestinians being pro-Palestinian and being pro-Hamas. They're getting a taste of their own medicine, and now they're crying like a like a soy bitch that they are. I sit there and I go like this: Go cry me a river, bitch. Go cry me a river because I don't. You want sympathy? You see, you see that mountain over there? Go way, way, way over there. That's where you get your own sympathy from. You ain't getting it from me, ladies and gentlemen. You ain't getting it from me. You ain't, guys. So, anyway. Anyway, guys. Wow, it's been a long, long long-ass show. It's been been a long-ass show. But before we go, I do want to take a few minutes to talk, okay? I did a photo shoot on Friday. Finally got all my pictures up. And, boy, they look great. I have one set that I did a pose that I called the girl next door look. It made me look like the made it look like I'm the I'm that nice girl from from the next door neighbor that's always like sweet and, and and innocent. So I go, yeah, I got, I did that, you know. I am going after the holidays I have a photo shoot coming up in February I'll be doing. So in between, I am going to be looking at doing a photo shoot like in December, you know, like say a holiday mini, uh, like a mini holiday photo shoot, like a Christmas photo. So I'll be doing that as well. So I got to look for like a nice holiday dress for that. And I got to look for... I got to get, like, two more bodysuits from Thistle and Spire for, for, my, uh, for my Valentine's Day photo shoot. So I got to look at that. Showed my, uh, showed my, like, nail stylist and my beauty stylist, like, my photos. Got my nails done today, so that was kind of good. So I went from the Italian pink. The Italian pink will now be my... My spring, my spring, summer, summer, like, nail color. So that'll be my spring and summer. And the fall will go with this cool gray, which is, I like it. It's great, you know. And then winter, we'll probably look for another winter nail style color. But it has to match with my skin, too. So I'll be doing that as well. And then, either other than that, guys, other than that, it's been pretty much a very interesting day. 
got to got to do a whole lot. Got to go to the gym. You know, wanted to go to the pool, but uh, I didn't want to use the multi-purpose pool with the kids in it because being an intersex person and and then being one that I because I wear a one-piece swimsuit but not like a swim trunk like a guy because I have gynecomastia and if I were to go topless I could be accused of like going topless like that so I have to be mindful of that as well <laughs> all right and kicker guys I want to I want to put this announcement for y'all I'm almost done with my poetry book my poetry book I I only have to do 10 more poems, and as soon as I get these 10 poems out of the way, I am officially done with the book. I will get the book published sometime probably between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So I'll have that done, and then after the holidays, I will start working on my, uh, on my novel. And I won't tell you what the novel is because it it's a it's considered a top secret guarded guarded secret. So it will it will come out at the end of next year. And when I do get this novel published, I will let y'all know and I'll let y'all in on it. Alright. So anyway, I thank you guys for listening to Nikki's World. I thank y'all for spending time with me, and I got to run. I got to do a diaper change. I got to do a diaper check. I will see y'all soon. Bye for now. You just listened to an episode of Nikki's World. Thanks for listening. We'll see y'all soon. Bye for now.